Brothers. Another week on tap. <laughs> Little Def Leppard getting us started this week. I am Bo Reed along with Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. We are lollygagging sports. Gonna talk some more baseball tonight. A little armchair umpire there towards the end. But as I like to do at the top of the show, I like to check in with, with, with my with my friends here. So Samantha, how you doing? I'm good. I did not trade for Aaron Rodgers this week, so <laughs> I'm feeling pretty okay. Now, wait a minute. I thought we weren't talking about Rodgers or the draft on the show this week. I, I thought we agreed on that. No? Okay. <laughs> Herbie, how about you? I, she, she traded Aaron Rodgers to me, so I'm not doing great. Have you guys, by the way, have you seen um, someone took the scene uh, from Succession, you know, spoiler alert, uh, took the scene from Succession uh, where uh, Roman was talking about pre-grieving and made that about Packers fans dealing with Aaron, the Aaron Rodgers news. Have you seen that yet? I saw it on Twitter earlier today. No, but aren't they better off now? <laughs> I mean, one would think, but, you know, they're Packers fans, so. Yeah, but would you make the case that so is Roman? <laughs> Again, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Better off or a Packer? <laughs> <laughs> yes. This just yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Well, <laughs> let's just jump right into it then, shall we? Uh, what's going on in baseball this week, Samantha? You want to lead us off? What do you have for us tonight? All right, so let's hit this bad news right off the bat. Um, this is not new, uh, but I, we haven't really had a chance since the last time we recorded to discuss the A's and their mm-hmm. seemingly inevitable move to Las Vegas. So I just wanted to say a few words about this, uh, mostly in consolation to A's fans because this is awful. Um, I, I am sort of one of the few unfortunates who has had their team move in their lifetime, not my baseball team, thank goodness. I don't think I could have ever recovered from that if mm-hmm. the Indians slash Guardians had ever left town. But um, And obviously now I don't really care what the Browns are doing. But at the time, um, as a, a native Clevelander, when the Browns moved out of town, it was pretty bad. Um, and it was certainly incredibly devastating to the city and to the fans. And I know these are not directly comparable situations, Um Recall that, you know, in Cleveland, the issue was a bit different. There's a lot of misconceptions about what happened there with our Riddell, and there was no issue there about the city paying for a new stadium that the tax referendum actually passed in Cleveland. The issue was whether the city was willing to pay our Riddell's personal debts. So just want to put that out there a bit since there's been some whitewashing of Mr. Riddell's legacy mm-hmm, uh, since mm-hmm. he died. Um, but, uh, and obviously a little bit different in, in Oakland. Uh, the city is certainly part of the problem there in a way that they were, in fact, not in Cleveland. But the, the end result is the same because the people who suffer from this are the people who don't really have any control over it, and that's the fans. Yeah. And, and this stinks, guys. It's awful to lose your team, and I'm so sorry for you guys. And this is, you know, if you think about fan bases that are disloyal or, or fair weather or what have you, like Oakland ain't it. This was a, a really good group of fans, and the fact that people aren't showing up to the ballpark, which will, of course, be trotted out as an excuse for one of the reasons they are moving, is is just uh, the you know billionaire PR machine 
spinning, and cause that's what you do, right? You mm-hmm. make the team unwatchable, and then you blame people for not watching them. Yeah. So uh, none of this is on the fans, and, and there were certainly a, a very dedicated group that was still showing up there, and a lot of people who were, uh, I'm sure, kind of mourning the loss of the A's a long time ago when the, the team decided that it was not going to compete in baseball uh, in any real way. So um, don't place any of the blame for this on, on A's fans at all. I think it's awful. Um, I mean, of course, the joke is that the feral cats have won. Um, I guess they get custody of the Coliseum now, so, you know, <laughs> there's that. Yeah. Possibly, you know, now has a nice permanent home, so that's lovely, but with A's fans, all joking aside, I feel you guys, I, I think this is horrible. I know this is a team that has moved multiple times. Um, you know, Oakland was not its original home, but it's it's been a long time, and Everybody who's there is, is, again, not responsible for where that team came from and certainly not where it's going now. And I have a lot of technical questions about whether it really makes sense to put a baseball team in Las Vegas and mm-hmm. also the, the awkwardness of the fact that, that the stadium that, that uh, is supposedly being built in Las Vegas would not be ready until 2027. So that's pretty awkward. I don't know where you're going to play in the meantime. Um, you know, the, the smaller stadiums there have a capacity about $10,000. Uh, no, that's the Coliseum. $10,000. Um, so, and I, I don't know how you can continue playing in, in Oakland. The lease there runs out, of course, too, and, and this is probably a, a pretty serious kiss-off uh, to the city as well. So, yeah. not sure what's going to happen with that yet, but uh, Ace fans, my, my heart goes out to you. Maybe this is awful. Yeah, you know, and, and Irby, I, I think what makes this worse, though, is, is there's not really, like, like you, you can blame ownership for the A's. You can blame the city of Oakland. There's arguments to be made about where the blame is because it really is spread between the two. So you really don't have, like, that one focal point. Like, like you know, Smith, he brought up Art Modell. Um, like, you can focus all your anger on him when, when the Browns left. You really, you, I guess it depends on what your mood is and where you, who you want to lash out to at that particular moment, whether you're lashing out the city of Oakland, uh, who had decades to get this done, or ownership, which has wrecked the franchise so bad, the city just said go. Just say, oh, we don't want you anymore. That just seems to make it worse for me. So it's, like, it's like putting salt in the wound. Well, yeah, salt in the fans' wounds, yes. And, and, I mean, even the players as well. I A's ownership got what they wanted. This is, like you said, this is a decade. This is a decade of this. They got what they wanted. I, I, I know we're going to play out this. You know, I, I work in public information, okay? I understand. You guys have got experience in that, too. Like, we, we know how this is going to be played out. You're going to play this out. So they're, well, no, it was the fans not showing up. And it was this, it was this. Like, okay, fine, we can, we can do this all we want. I, there's there's the answer you want to say, there's the answer that's kind of the perception answer, and then there's the answer. And, and the answer is, is the A's ownership wanted this. They wanted out. They wanted in Vegas. Would they have taken a deal with a new stadium in Oakland? No. Would they have taken a deal somewhere near Oakland? Probably. And I know we've had those talks with those talks that have happened before, but they wanted out of that area. They wanted something new. And Vegas is, uh, you, I mean, you mentioned in a minute ago about issues with the baseball team in Vegas. Yes, I, I, absolutely, there are some stuff. But right now, in sports, Vegas is the sexy pick. It's the choice. We saw the, we, we saw the NHL do it. Then we saw the NFL do it. Now we've got Formula One showing up next year. Here comes baseball. There's already a draft. Super, I mean, it's going to continue. This is the sexy choice. 
And unfortunately, it's a byproduct of what we've what we've seen. I, I you take it away these fans who who have been there. They go to the games. They watch it on TV. Like like there's diehard fans in Oakland. There's wonderful fans in Oakland, and that's who gets burned here. Will there be people at games in Vegas? Yes. Will you ha- have sellouts? No. Will you sometimes have more than what you had in Oakland? Yes. That doesn't mean you have more fans. You will justify that and, and be ready for it. Mm-hmm. Four years from now, the justification comes. Look at our attendance numbers and look at what we had in Oakland near the end. They, they, will, they will run that campaign really easily of, look at this now. Oh, I'll get all these people showing up. None of them are, are real fans. None of them are diehards. I mean, half the time, it's going to be people visiting. So, no, I I, I, want, I do feel for, as you guys said, I feel for those those diehard Oakland fans. I can't imagine going through something like this, having Samantha Yu as an example with the NFL, having our, our mutual friend Vincent, who went through with this with Montreal. Like, I, I can't imagine that. I, I Honestly, I can't with. Um, although, if the Dallas Cowboys left Dallas, I'd be okay. But still, other than that, I can't imagine it happening and, and how terrible it would be. But this is sadly, you know, Manfred, if you want to be the one, he can be the one that is fine. Manfred, A's ownership, they don't care. They do not care about you as the fan. And this is what they wanted. And they got what they wanted, unfortunately. Oh, God. You know, all, the, like all the added revenue, Samantha, they're going to get because of the new stadium, it kind of makes me want to throw up. That, that that ownership is going to be able to reap those benefits on the backs of these A's fans. That really just kind of that's that's just probably the, like, one really just unseemly part of this. Oh, like, yeah, I completely agree with you. It's it's super gross. It's like I think that there's this perception that the, the fallback excuse is always well, it's a business, and it's like yeah, kind of, but sports is a bit unique. It's different from I don't know Walmart. Mm-hmm. In the fact that it is kind of a partnership uh, between a municipality and a business uh, in a way that, you know, a store is not. It does actually have some obligations that I think when you buy a sports team, you do understand this. And if you don't, it's kind of willful ignorance. And, and we have plenty of owners who do understand that. So, um, there, there are also places where they, they have a viable stadium. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's been pointed out by both of you that the city was definitely part of the problem here. And, you know, I mean... I think, you know, the, the gambling thing has really played into, you know, you mentioned that the yeah, Vegas is the sexy pick right now, and, and that's true, and a lot of it has to do with sports betting. Um, and, and you're right, they, they will draw fans to an extent, but I, I think that it is not going to work the way that they think it is going to, because selling out um, half a season of NFL games in a place like Vegas is a lot different than putting butts in seats uh, and, and churning respectable numbers year over year for baseball, because baseball is incredibly tribal. Um, we just don't see the same kind of like, hey, I'm in Vegas for a bachelor party. I'm going to hit an A's game. It ain't going to work that way. So <laughs> I, I think that they have made a mistake there. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just the whole thing is terrible and sad. Also, but, you know, for a little levity, Urbio's laughing. He's saying the Cowboys, because I was thinking, well, yeah, somebody came and tried to take the Browns now. I'd be like, we can take them. We can have them. <laughs> At the time, it was quite painful. So uh, feel free, guys. Uh, certainly the A's have not done anything to deserve anything like that. Uh, the Feral Cats are happy. Everybody else is sad. Um, but, yeah, this is this is not good for baseball. It's never good for baseball when somebody moves. No. Irby, no. anything else you want to add here? 
Yeah, I'm good. I, sorry, Oakland. Sorry to the fans. Not not Oakland City, but sorry to the fans. Yeah. All right, Samantha. What's next on your list? All right. Well, well let's let's shift from sad to, to like frustrating. Um, <laughs> another problem within baseball. Yeah, none of my no happy topics this week, you guys. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> sad to frustrate. So, so yeah. Now that you now that you are depressed about the A's, allow me to you know sort of uh, you know fan the, the flames of everybody's frustration about the sticky stuff ban whatever exactly that means, which is, of course, the whole problem. And we did talk about this last week, but I kind of wanted to come back around to this because, you know, Scherzer has been suspended for 10 games, and now we have this situation where they're saying, well, you know, they tried to put rubbing alcohol on it to get it off, and that made it worse. And you're like, well, but how, what? Like, I have just all of this sort of, and all the stuff that went on with Herman and everything, and it's like, look, Major League Baseball needs to figure out what the problem is here, what they want out of this, and then they need to create a clear-cut and well-defined rule for how to handle this. Because right now, like, this can't be subjective. It's not like the strike zone. Like, we don't look at this and say, oh, yeah, the umps make judgment calls. The umps make judgment calls about what their own personal strike zone looks like. Sometimes you get a bang-bang play where the ump makes a judgment call. Maybe you don't like how it goes. But this can't be this arbitrary. Like, it's, they've got to figure something out. And I don't know if that is just that we have to have the tackier ball or that we have to get to a point where we have some way to tell what exactly the substance is that is on someone's person. Because if it really is just sweat and rosin, like, well, guess what? You gave them the rosin bag. So, yeah. and also, like, there needs to be some sort of, uh, I don't know, um, you know, we, we had a system at one point where it was, like, after certain innings, and it was suggested that perhaps some pitchers were maybe abusing that. Um, I can think of somebody on the Guardians who's struggling very badly. Um, <laughs> uh, most of the time, he was uh, perhaps having some problems with not being allowed to use whatever it was that he was using before this. And, yeah, I mean, we, we don't want... We don't want people doing what they were doing before where we were seeing this at godly spin rate and uh, we were being forced into this just terrible lack of offense and three true outcome baseball that everybody hates. But we also don't want somebody getting hit in the head. And mostly what we want is consistency. That's the biggest problem here, right? Like, it's whatever they decide is fine, but there mm -hmm. needs to be a decision that needs to be consistent across the board. Same thing for every player, same thing for every team, and maybe most importantly, in this case, same thing for every punk. I mean, am I oversimplifying this? By thinking that if it's not a banned substance, then you don't throw them out for it. I don't think you're oversimplifying it at all. I think that's... Too much logic. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, of course. Like, try, try throwing that kind of reason out there and see what reaction you get from Major League Baseball. Like, you gave him the rosin bag. Well, I don't buy it. Well, yeah. I don't buy it. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's, it, sound, it, it sounds like what baseball is asserting here is that two combined allowable substance, substances together make a banned substance. Talking about alcohol, rubbing alcohol. Sometimes. Yeah. But only sometimes. But only sometimes. <laughs> like, like, this is absurd. Like, th this, actually, this actually makes the catch in the NFL look downright tame. I, <laughs> I don't even... I don't even know how you how you you fix it. I mean, Irby could it just be rogue umps? 
Are, are we dealing with a rogue umpire? Is that the real problem here? That it's actually not baseball. It's that they they just haven't. Well, I guess it would be baseball because they haven't reined these guys in. And that's got to be it, right? Because it's not in the rule book. It's like if you look at the rules, rosin's allowed. They give you the bag on the mound, like you guys have both said. Like <laughs> this shouldn't be this complicated. But there's the issue. Like like I, I it's funny. I had a point that I want to do, and it's it, Samantha. What you said is exactly. The way I'd rather go here is the logic. The what is baseball? Baseball doesn't know what it wants. Major League Baseball wants results, and and they really won't even clear. They won't even pare it down even more. They just want results. They want better. They want more money. Okay, this is like LeBron building a basketball team. He just wants to win. He doesn't care how it's done. It's like Jerry on draft day. It's like Ferrari building an F1 car. They don't know actually how to do it. They just want the result. They, they, they can't commit to doing it. They just want the result. And just, I mean, it's, it, it, I don't know. I mean, maybe, and again, maybe this is, go back to what we were saying at the beginning. Maybe we were watching too much success or anything. This is just too much money. But we'll just fix it. Just make it work. And that's exactly what's happening. Baseball is like, well, fix it. Just stop. Stop cheating. Well, I'm not cheating. I'm using something you're, you told me I can use. Yeah, but you use too much of it. You've never said that before. Well, stop doing it. Stop doing it. Like, like baseball doesn't know what it wants. It wants the results. That's what it, 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 it can see that. If I want the results, but it doesn't know how to get there. It doesn't understand. I, I, I mean, sadly, I think that's where we're at. It doesn't understand of, okay, to get to this point, you have to have consistency. Mm-hmm. Something baseball's done pretty good throughout its history. But it doesn't know, and so it's that's why we are once again here. I mean, this is spider tack all over again. Where, yeah, you can use it. No, well, okay, now at this point, no, we can't. And then, I mean, my gosh, you guys remember we were having fun with that with the Garrett Cole watch. I'm like, all right, well, now the spider tag's gone. Let's see what Garrett Cole's numbers look like. And, and and so you can't do this. You can't change the rules in the middle of it. And baseball does, and that's what I'm afraid we're getting to is once again, baseball doesn't know. And it's not forward-thinking enough. There's not enough intelligent people in that room that can outthink the players. The players are figuring this stuff out. So what do you do? Instead, you're just like, oh, okay, well, then suspend him because you're not supposed to do that. Where deep down, baseball knows, well, should we have suspended him for that? Because, I mean, we do give it to him. Well, we have to do it. Like, baseball doesn't know what it wants. It just wants better results. That's all they'll tell you. And, you know, Samantha, it's not like we can we can just you know have the balls like just uh, tacked up like his pitchers are every pitcher is different you know some some want it to be more tacky some want it to be less tacky so there's no way you can make the ball happy everyone happy with it so you kind of have to allow the rosin as you said many times on this show otherwise someone's going to get killed like you have to have it so let's figure this out which shouldn't be hard. Hey. Yeah, look, we need to, like, let go of this idea that, like, we're going to make everybody happy by doing nothing or just making it up as we go along. Like, I mean, imagine, imagine, I defy you to think of some, a, a group that would be difficult, more difficult to make happy than pitchers in Major League <laughs> Baseball. Yeah. Like, so the solution was you can have the rosin. Like, problem solved, right? Use as little or as much as you want, as long as you're not mixing it with anything else. And, and now we have the, 
Well, there was just so much of it. It was so sticky, the stickiest thing I've ever seen, which you're like, okay, this is just getting weird, first of all, but the language has gotten weird with this. Um, it's mm-hmm. just the stickiest thing I've ever seen. And you're like, oh, like, first of all, it's not, because we all saw Kenny Rogers in 2006. And yeah. It's not the stickiest thing we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, okay, but, like, you can't just decide that that means something. Like, it was very sticky. The rosin was sticky. Yeah, the stickiest I've ever touched when I was weirdly touching the pitcher um so you decide that means it's mixed with something else but you can't prove that like you remember the julian edelman steroid suspension when the nfl was like well you tested positive for something well what well we don't know Mm -hmm. like you can't do that (laughs) like you can't say you have violated our banned substances policy and yet we don't know what the substance is that we're accusing you of using is. <laughs> like, I just, this is ridiculous. It's like a clown show. I, oh, it's, it's, this is just... Uh, it is a clown show. Not like it is a clown show. If, if, if you don't know what the substance is, then clearly you haven't banned it. I mean, that, that's, 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 that's just... <laughs> He invented a new substance while he was out there on the map. Max Scherzer, secret NASA employee, has invented a substance. He just manifested it while he was out there on the map. Oh, Lord. Oh, you know what? The thing is, this is going to be the t- – every, ba- every baseball season has that one thing. That's the one thing this year. And yeah. It's, it's going to be all year long because baseball is not going to fix it. Well, and they could they could have acknowledged that we don't have a good system here by not suspending it, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you got kicked out of the game. Like, we're going to review what's going on with the umpires and what our policy is, but we're not going to suspend because we just had another player. The same thing happened. He didn't get suspended. So, you know, you could just say we're not suspending people while we sort this out. If you get kicked out of a game, too bad. Right. But they didn't do that. Like, there was a way to, but that's, you know, Rob Manfred is never going to admit that like he doesn't know what he's doing, even though people would respect him more if he did. <laughs> but right, oh boy, uh, use your lifeline, Rob. Use your lifeline. All it's, right, it's guilty. It's not even guilty till proven innocent. It's just guilty. And if later on you're proven innocent, you weren't innocent. You're still guilty. Everyone else is innocent. <laughs> no, it is. It's like when. Like the old-fashioned idea of like if some kid does something behind the teacher's back in a classroom and the teacher doesn't know who did it, then everybody gets detention until somebody rats them out or whatever. It's kind of the same thing. Like, well, we don't know what to do about this, so we're just going to arbitrarily punish everybody, except maybe not the one kid. You know, look at it, you, her mom, randomly, and maybe someday there'll be another kid that doesn't. But the rest of you, like you did, what a mess. <laughs> All right. What does she have for us, Samantha? Okay, last one. Kind of funny, kind of sad. Do the Sarah McLaughlin music. <laughs> Madison Bumgarner has been DFA'd by the Arizona Diamondbacks and has, as of Wednesday, been granted his release. So the end of an era, a rodeo clown. There will be no more balls to be gotten out of the ocean. Madison. You're kind of a pain, but we're going to miss you. 
Um, I, I consider Madison Bumgarner to be somewhat of an icon, even though I don't think I'd want to hang out with him. Um, but but we're going to miss this guy, right? This is the end of an era, and he is very bad. And I you know I wonder. I don't think it's out of the question that somebody will pick him up. In fact, I hope someone does pick him up because it would be entertaining. Not my team, not your team. No Guardians, no Rangers. Uh-huh. In fact, I would really love it if like the Twins or the Astros were to pick up Madison. That would be wonderful. Let's do that. Um, I think we all feel safe in saying it won't be the Cardinals. But right. I don't know, what do we say? <laughs> Seattle seems like, you hey. know, Seattle seems like a good candidate. Yeah. Right. What could go wrong? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I don't know. What, what do we think, guys? Where, well, where's it going? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, Seattle works, but somehow <laughs> it, it only works if Topoto can trade for him. So somehow we've got to get him back on a roster that Topoto can trade for him. Oh, you're, you're right. You know what? You're right. Since he cleared waivers, yeah. that might be off the table. Unless somebody else picks it up. And then the first it. time ever someone cleared waivers too quickly, Jerry's like, ah, I needed another damn waivers to pull off the trade. Now I don't know what to do. Jerry, we could just go sign him. No. Yeah. That's the fun in that. That's too much paperwork. <laughs> I gotta get HR involved. I, I actually have to, to, to purchasing. Agents. I don't like purchasing. Yeah, we're not gonna do that. That's just no. Nope. Nothing we can do. Uh, all joking aside, though, I mean, with that Robbie Ray injury, it makes sense. There's Seattle. Yeah. We give him a look. That makes sense. So, um, I, th- I think it's wishful thinking for Houston to grab him. Can you imagine that though? He'd walk in and just be that poison pill in that clubhouse. Be amazing. That'd be so great. <laughs> so great. We can have like, you know, it, it would be the ultimate, like the calls are coming from inside the house. And then like Mads Bumgarner could go from like surly, cranky guy who can't get along with anyone to like the people's hero. He could be the new Joe Kelly. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'd go that far. Actually, That's a little far. Yeah, he, he could He could be the guy, you know, who just kind of, like the the spy who goes in and like infiltrates and then sabotages from the inside. See, I'm all for this. I'm all for this. Irby, how about you? What, what, what do you think? Where's he going to end up? I think that'd be awesome. Right there. That sounds great. I can even see his press conference where he just lays all the equipment out. Like, what's all this? But this is what they've been using for years. They're still doing it. Like, y'all can go ahead and punish me. I don't care. So it's true. It was always true. Um, yeah, the Seattle, I, yeah, the Seattle makes sense. Um, I, I actually could see that happening pretty quickly. Um, they just need some kind of shot in the arm. Uh, yeah, I fear too, the, the Rangers since Texas is blown. The bullpen's given up, what is it like 87 runs in the last three innings over the last three days. It feels like all the Cincinnati, like really guys, it feels like 87. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I worry there like, Oh, Madison Bumgarner on the bullpen. Let's not do that. So yeah, hopefully he gets picked up by someone. Seattle makes sense. Mm. Makes sense. So with that said, I'm sure that the Padres are about to give him a 10 year deal. Oh, (laughs) no, they're saving their money for a Tani. They would do both. The Padres are at, at some point. The Padres are going to have twenty-seven players on multi-year deal, multi-year major league contracts, and then someone's going to have to explain to them. You realize that one of those guys is about to be released. Well, no, we signed them all. Yeah, there's not enough roster space. <laughs> oh man! All right, Samantha. Anything else you want to add here before we get into Irby's, Irby's uh, talking points for the week? No, no. 
No, sad, sad Drake fan, sad Mac on, sad for all of us because of the sticky stuff. Yeah. Somebody give me something happy. Give me a happy topic. Hey, I got you. I got you. Ooh, all right. Happy topic. It's but it's not in me. It's you. Last week, what you did last week. We were worried about baby Vlad and his power outage. Baby Vlad woke up this week. Six extra base hits, hits in his last six games. He did. He did. He did. You know, he's having, a, he's having a good week. There was that. There was all that news that came out where he was apparently talking to one of those Spanish language stations about how he never wants to be a Yankee. And we were like, well, bless you. Baby Vlad, bless you. Not everybody wants to be a Yankee. There we go. Let's put that out there. <laughs> Yeah, so we got we got baby Vlad waking up. We got we got exactly. It's wonderful. There you go. So positive and trying to keep on that. Um, I'm going to throw out a player who, I good start, a little bit of surprising, um, not in a bad way, but hopefully this keeps up. Uh, I know you guys have been saying. I was about to say, have y'all seen? But I know y'all have been paying attention. But I am loving the start of the season from Bryson Stott mm-hmm. out there in Philadelphia. Uh, we can talk about the whiff rate. Sure, great. 99th percentile. Pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and his chase rate is way low. The strikeouts are high. The walks are low. That's an outlier that I don't love. But the fact is, Bryson Stott, this is another similar um, as Ariz out in uh, Miami. I was about to say Minnesota, but Minnesota turned him away to Miami. Um, and he's getting the job done again out there tonight, or going on. But Bryson Stott, it's not just the uh, the contact hitting, but it's the placement. This guy is putting over two-thirds of his balls the opposite field. Mm-hmm. Left-handed batter, he's going to left field. He's going to the third-base shortstop side. I'm loving this. This is we, we, we were so worried a couple years ago, three years ago, that we were going to that three true outcomes of just hammer, 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 and it's stopping, and we're getting to see it. And it's with success, players like Bryson Stott. <laughs> I get would that call for like a reverse shift, Samantha? If if you know if they can still shift at will, where you go to the left side of the infield for a left-handed hitter. I mean, sure, uh, <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, no, this is cool, especially when you think about the fact that he. I think it's almost a year today to the day. I think it was a year from Tuesday of this week that he was sent down to AAA after he had just an abysmal showing uh, in, in the early going on the season. He was hitting a buck 33 and, uh, you know, 10 strikeouts. just absolutely miserable. And it's so frustrating, too, because he is a he's a product of the Philly farm system. So this is their, their homegrown guy. This is their kid. And it was just such a bummer to kind of have him kind of come out that way. And it looks so different now. And it's a good... I think lesson in the idea that maybe some people do get called up too early. We're so worried about guys not getting called up early enough, right? But, you know, we look at him, you look at Jared Kalnick, and, and you think that guy really wasn't ready. Like, maybe he just needed more time, and it mm-hmm. looks like that has worked out really, really well for them. Yep. Irby, what else you got? So my, ne- my next piece, and this is less about numbers, um, you know, I, I know stats. I love the stats, and we want. I will always talk stats with you guys any day of the week. But baseball is a, it's a. There's a passion. There's a love. There's a little bit of that kid feeling, and it's a sport 
where, and we all do it. You know, you don't mess with the winning streak. You know, if things are working, you don't do it. If, you know, if your shower shoes have got fungus on them, but you win 20 in the show, you keep wearing your shower shoes with fungus on them. You don't wash your socks after you hit for the cycle. You're on a hitting streak. You don't change things. And something's going right for DJ LeMayu out of New York. The fact is, it's going so well, he doesn't want to change his batting gloves. Um, a wonderful, wonderful picture this week of him with the ripped batting gloves, basically doing absolutely nothing. I mean, he is basically doing the bare hand, the old school bare hand swinging here, but he won't give up on those batting gloves and I love it and keep it up, DJ. <laughs> I don't know. Samantha, that seems like it's taking it a little too far if, if the gloves are like not covering your hands. I, yeah, I mean, there, there comes a point where, like, the practical concerns outweigh the spiritual ones, uh, as it were. Um, but look, I completely understand this as somebody who is, like, very much a like, materialist and who, like, assigns probably too much value to, like, objects. Like, I have been known to, like, you know, speak to objects and, um, like, sometimes I have things that, that I'm very fond of, like, as though they were a person. Um, like sometimes when I, I find a book that I'm really excited about, I will catch myself like hugging the book. Um, I have definitely hugged um, my mitt. I have most definitely hugged a baseball. Um, don't know that I've ever hugged a pair of batting gloves, but you know, to each his own. So I appreciate where he's coming from here. But I think maybe we're now at the point where it's like, yes, don't throw the batting gloves out. Keep them forever. Sleep with them under your pillow. You know, hug them fondly before you go to bed at night. But, like, I mean, dude, dude, they're not – are they even batting gloves anymore at this point? Or are they more like batting fingers with, like, a Velcro strap to the wrist? <laughs> like, the, if the palm of the glove is fine, I just – yeah, man, like, it's – you know, don't don't get rid of them if, if they are proving to be a nice talisman. But um, I, <laughs> at some point, when the batting gloves no longer a batting glove because it's like you know the constitution of the object has changed. Yeah, such that it, it, it might be time to move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, you're missing some threads around the thumb. That's one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if it no longer resembles what it was, uh, <laughs> it's, it's I mean, maybe wrong. that's the test, right? Like, if somebody just like if you took it and just like laid it on top of like a, a tablecloth and said, "What is that item?" and if no one can identify it as a batting glove, it's time to go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the the knuckle side they still look fine. It's just the palm side that's. Basically missing, but, but but that's the most important part. <laughs> important. It doesn't matter if you lay it down, knuckles up. You can tell what it is. You'd be able to identify it. So we can use it, right? Yes, DJ can use it. He can use it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm surprised he's allowed to as a Yankee. Isn't that a bit unkempt for them? It like, is. It is. You're right. Come running down there and talk about how he's desecrating yeah. the Yankee symbol or whatever by wearing these. Ratty batting gloves around. I'm surprised he has not been like internal policed for that. I mean, they made the poor <laughs> bat boy put his hair under his helmet. So, 
he got the best of them, though. <laughs> we don't want this kid out here with his hair down. So what did they do? They tucked the hair halfway up, and he looked even dumber. It was so great. Oh, Guardians, I love you so much. Beautiful. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, Irby, what else you got? <laughs> Well, I, you know, Samantha started us off with um, anger, frustration. Um, mine is concern, um, deep, deep concern for, oh. for for this for this topic in baseball. I, I'm I like I'm really worried. Um, the Rockies at the beginning of the year said they their goal was 500. They're 10 games off of that right now. They are eight and 18. This is bad. You know, no, this is. <laughs> you know, it, this has, it's fine. It's, you know, it has nothing to do with. I mean, it's subsequently, yeah, you're six games out of first place in the list. That doesn't even really matter. Like, that's not even that important. Um, it's the fact that I mean, if you're on target, doing what you hoped, if everything was going perfect and it was it was the ideal season, you're ahead of the Padres right now. You're playing what half game under. So, I yeah, I'm really worried about these guys playing a. 10 games under. Like, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> oh, was that being sarcastic? I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I think based off of my reaction to Samantha's reaction, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is, I mean, come on. No one in their right mind thought that they were going to be a 500 baseball team. <laughs> they, the goal was 500. This is what we talked about a couple weeks ago. Like, the goal was 500. Well, you don't reach goals in baseball. You try to get there, but you, you always fall short, so I'm not really sure. It seems like they're on the right pace to me, Samantha. I, 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 <laughs> this is what I expected out of them. All right, this is like another lesson in better to, you know, I'm going to butcher the saying slightly, but, you know, better to keep one's mouth shut and have people think you're an idiot than to open it and remove all doubt. Um, th this is why you don't come out at the beginning of the season and say things like, the goal is 500. Like, first of all, what a stupid thing to say. Like, I don't care how bad you are. You don't come out and say our goal is to win only half of our games. Like, I don't care how laughable it is. Like, if you're bad, probably just don't say anything. Like, I think you could say, our goal is the playoffs. Our goal is to get to the World Series. Our goal is to win the World Series. Our goal is to compete. Why wouldn't you just say something like that? How about a good old-fashioned platitude? Our goal is to compete. Now you've put yourself in the position where, and this is why everybody hates making predictions, right? It's why we hate making predictions. Like, nobody wants to go out there and say, how many games is this team going to win? Everybody hates this. Every single sports media person I've ever met dreads this. I know I like want to hang up every time I get asked this on, like, a radio. And how many games do you think they're going to win? Um, you're just setting yourself up, right? So, but but he's given us this. He, he digs a number. He literally pretty much gave us number 81. And, guys, we're off the pace. We're off the pace. It's terrible. I'm crying. The purple dinosaur with no pants is no doubt crying. I mean, what a bad beat for Dinger. I mean, he was assaulted right. a week ago by a crazed fan. And now he's got to deal with this. Yeah. I mean, just, I know I've said that I'm against moves in baseball, but like, listen, Dinger, you want to get out of a bad situation. I'm not totally opposed to moving a mascot. I could arrange a trade. Oh. Like, I, I don't know where it would be to. I mean, we do have a couple teams that don't have a mascot, and surely, surely we can find Dinger a safer home. I think like this don't I, 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 I'll volunteer the Rangers as tribute. Oh, you could trade them. Yes, yes. Let's, yeah. 
Can you just do straight up captain for dare? Yeah. So absolutely. They can have that stupid horse. Yeah, the horse is terrible. I mean, I love you guys. That horse is awful. Um, <laughs> That's just the dumbest mascot. Yeah. I mean, not great. oh, Lord. But, okay, so something, something that did key with me there that I think maybe we would just need to keep in our minds for, yeah, down the road when we, when we want to have some fun with the Rockies around, around uh, in the middle of the season or something. Uh, if their goal was 500, can you imagine what their, like, mission statement says? <laughs> I want to know what I want to I want to read their missions. I want to find it and read it because like <laughs> oh. the, the Rockies are the ones that look at prevent defenses and go, "Ooh, I like this. This is gonna work. This is gonna work." <laughs> That'll be our base, right? Yeah, <laughs> base defense. Yeah. <laughs> um. We will begin the game to prevent defense. What could go wrong? Um, it's, I laugh at that's probably something the Browns have done at some point, probably under Ty Shermer's tenure. Uh, <laughs> oh man, Irby, anything else on this before we uh, before we get start talking about Mister uh, Mister Reynolds? No, it's just the craziness of. I, I think what y'all were saying. Don't if you, if you have to put a number to it, at least say eighty-two and eighty. So then it's like, yeah, the goal is above five hundred. Or you don't even say the 82, just say above. You know, of course, our goal is finishing above 500. When you put the 500, I mean, that is just the ultimate, you know, it's celebrating we're number two. Like, like you're celebrating mediocrity. It's just. Yeah. We're number uh, five. We're number yeah. five. What are you shooting for? We're shooting for a top 10 finish. There's only 12 runners. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. So. Uh, I did want to talk about Brian Reynolds uh, because things are happening in Pittsburgh that I I don't understand. Uh, they're winning baseball games at a at a heck of a pace, uh, and they just shelled out the Pirates. Just shelled out 106 million dollars over eight years to extend Brian Reynolds. And apparently, reading up on this, like, like the, the the big sticky point in spring training was he wanted an opt out, and they didn't give him an opt out. So I guess winning the way they're winning these first few weeks has made it uh, change his mind. He does get a limited no trade clause, but still, Samantha, a hundred six million dollar contract from the Pirates. Yeah, this is wild, right? I yeah. mean, because like I mean, we've all been enjoying this, right? Like I know I'm I'm extremely fond of the Pirates and a um. A lot of friends from Pittsburgh, and you know, it's really frustrating. You have this beautiful ballpark and this team that does a great job of developing talent that just inevitably will not pay anyone to stick around there, and so they're never really competitive. And then all of a sudden, they just kind of became competitive by accident with, like, this, like, you know, motley crew of characters, like, you know, Austin Hedges and, and, you know, Andrew McCutcheon, you know, ancient senior citizen Andrew McCutcheon and Carlos Santana and, you know, Dick Mountain and, and all these old guys. And it's like, oh, I guess now we're going to give a contract, which, I mean, in some ways it kind of doesn't make sense, right? Because the Pirates have been competitive before and it didn't stop them from letting people leave. So I'm not sure what the difference is here, but I just don't want to ask too many questions because I think this is great. It's like, is this, are the Pirates probably going to turn around? I mean, probably not. They probably just, you know, here's your Brian Reynolds. We're not going to sign anyone else in the next 20 years. But for the time being, I just kind of like thinking about it. And fun fact, I mean, if we just want to kind of look at some other folks, there are now only three teams left in Major League Baseball who have not signed anyone to a $100 million contract now that the Pirates have given this contract to Brian Reynolds. So it's, Kansas City and Oakland are two of them. No surprise there. Weirdly, 
Chicago White Sox on the third one. Really? Which is just strange, right? Because, like, whatever is wrong with the White Sox, and, like, I don't know what's wrong with the White Sox. Honestly, I'm not even sure they're a real baseball team anymore. But, like, it's not usually, like, that they refuse to suspend any money. So, very, very strange stuff there. But it, it is telling, I think, when, you know, there are only three teams that have failed to hand out a $100 million contract. And certainly there are many, many teams that have handed out multiple $100 million contracts, including smaller market teams. So, Huh. Yeah, I mean, good job, Pittsburgh. Good, yeah, the White Sox thing is really a head start. That's Kansas really City cool. and Oakland, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, obviously that's a no-brainer, but that is that is really shocking. Very weird. Very weird. Yikes. I, 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 if I was guessing, of course, I would have gone with KC and Oakland, but I would have never guessed Chicago. That's, wow, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Herbie, <laughs> any thoughts on this? Yeah, some are Frank Thomas and Paul Konerka are like, yeah, tell us about it. Tell us about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Frank Thomas, maybe, but Konerko, come on. I, it, we've seen worse. <laughs> we've fair. seen much worse. That's fair. <laughs> hey, it's um, probably Mark Burley, right? Or yeah. Burley, Burley, yeah, there's a good, yeah, there you go. Or Jose Abreu, like, yeah. you know, like, I know everybody's still mad about that in Chicago, as they should be. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, they should. Uh, will they give the money to Lance Lynn? Will that be their first one? No. <laughs> God, I hope so. <laughs> that would be great news for Guardians fans. <laughs> um, Pittsburgh, yeah, happy for you. Uh, happy for Brian Reynolds. This is a very solid player. This is this is the good for baseball, and this is what they're doing in Pittsburgh right now. This is good for baseball, and. They're doing it without O'Neill Cruz, so it's going to get even better. And I love the uh, what they have building here, the youth they have coming up. The farm system looks good. They've got a good young core. Like things are looking in the right direction. Uh, keep it up. That you know, you guys said that about you know they passed out the one contract. This you know is Key Brian uh, Hayes and O'Neill Cruz sitting there going, "Crap, guess we're moving on." Now, I hopefully not. You know, maybe this is over to relief and. Hey, keep going, Pirates. Keep going. This is fun. Keep yeah. it going. Yeah, I hope this isn't a one-off. I hope this is actually a sign that, yeah, we are finally going to start acting like a major league team that wants to win. Anyway. All right, so moving on to the – let's take a look at this actual National League Central as a whole, um, Samantha, because the standings are a little off from, from expectations. I'm starting to. I mean, the Cardinals are doing what the Cardinals do. We all, you know, this is this this isn't that crazy. But those middle three, the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Cardinals. I I think the best way to go about this. Let, let me ask you this question: Of those three, again, Cubs, Pirates, Cardinals, which one is more likely to actually stay where they're at in the, in the division standings? All right, so I'm going to take the chalk answer here because it's the Cubs. Um, like, look, as much as I love what the Pirates are doing, I do not think that they can maintain this. Um, I mean, it's like, I hope I'm wrong about that. Fantastic. But yeah. I don't see it happening. And I don't believe for a second that the Cardinals are, are truly this bad. Um, I, I just, there's no way. Like you mentioned, the Cardinals always start off slow. Slower than usual right now. Yes, absolutely. But, you know, whether or not they come back and win the division, which I still think is extremely possible, given what the competition looks like and given the fact that 
well, I think we're sort of buying Milwaukee is somewhat legit. I don't know that we think they're as good as their record indicates that they are right now, yeah. which means the door is still open for the Cardinals, who I have no doubt will figure this out. So perhaps it's the Cubs, who we thought were perhaps not as far along. And, you know, we I think when we talked about them in our season previews, we discussed that we thought that they were headed in the right direction. And we're a little bit baffled by some of these one-year deals that they gave out because they kind of didn't really make sense with what the team was doing right now. But they had done a good job, um, you know, when they sold off. And they did their center down a couple of years ago. They did a pretty nice job on the return. So they're a bit ahead of schedule. And, and there's no reason I think they kind of can't keep that up. And it's not that I think they're like a sneaky playoff team or anything like that. I believe they will come back down to earth a little bit in that capacity. But can they put together a respectable season that says we are headed in the right direction? Yeah, I, I absolutely think they can. <laughs> It is worth noting, Irby, that if St. Louis St. Louis has to win tonight, or otherwise they're in last place all by themselves. Yeah, even the Reds aren't that bad. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the the Reds fresh off their sweep uh, that Irby and I really don't want to talk about are ten and fifteen. St. Louis is nine and fifteen going into their game against the Giants tonight. So, Irby, what are you thinking here? Which one of those three, Milwaukee? Uh, no, excuse me, Pittsburgh, Chicago, or Cincinnati. Of those three, who's staying where they're at right now? Well, I, I, again, I like the Chicago pick as well, but for the sake of conversation, let's not pick that one, and, and I will go with um, – I'm going to take Pittsburgh. I love this. Keep it up. You're doing this without Cruz. You've, you, you, I, I, we talk about these at the clubhouse. That clubhouse atmosphere, having done what you just did for Brian Reynolds, like this is going to help the clubhouse. This is all positives, all positives across the board. So, yes, Pirates, will they win the division? No, I'm not saying that necessarily, but I, they're going to be in the conversation come September. I think these Pirates stick around, and they are playing meaningful games in September. What do you think, though, Samantha? Meaningful ga- I, I think I might buy meaningful games in September, but I'm but I would say I'm not buying them to do much more than that. But meaningful games in September, what do you think? I want to. I want to. I think this is one of those things where I'm gonna I'm gonna take a page out of her Facebook and say that I'm choosing joy. So I'm gonna choose to believe that they will be playing meaningful yes. games in September. Um, you know, if you were asking me to lay money on it, I might give a different answer, but because I am merely being asked to weigh in on this with, you know, no consequences other than that I guess someone could laugh at all of us if we're wrong, but which is it's okay. That's okay. Um, but I I will choose joy uh-huh. and I'm gonna say yes. The pirates will play meaningful games in the month of September in the year of our Lord two thousand twenty three. Wow. Okay, all right. I, I like it. We're both. We're both. Or we're all three calling meaningful games are in you, September. Are you going in on that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll jump okay. on that. All right, I'll jump on that bandwagon. It looks like a fun bandwagon. Cute destiny. I like it. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, last thing before we get into uh, into armchair umpire, uh, Irby, you mentioned the the batting gloves earlier. So, uh, which uh, it has to be a superstition because no major leaguer is going to have batting gloves like that uh, if it's not. So it's clearly a superstition of his. So it maybe it's got me thinking. What do you guys have for like your favorite superstition, Smith? Let's start with you. What is your favorite superstition? And what's the dumbest? Okay, right, let's see. So I think favorite. I mean, for me personally, it would be blowing bubbles with my gum at the plate, which is. 
Nice. I don't even know if you can count that as a superstition, but it certainly upset it. It really upset the parents in the opposing stands. So that was that worked well. She's intimidating the pitcher, and I'm like, I'm blowing bubbles with my golf. But it, you know, it works. It works. So this was like, I don't know if it's really a superstition or just a part of a routine, but I, I'm fond of that as like a personal thing. Um, as far as like favorite superstitions, just in general baseball terms, um, I don't know. I'm a big fan of the like concept of. Things like rally packs, right? Like, you need to come up from behind. You got to turn your hat inside out. I, mm-hmm, I did once mm-hmm. turn all my clothes inside out in a stadium. Nice. Uh, at one point in time, because Twitter asked me to do it, and we were in a desperate baseball moment, so I did it. But, you know, stuff like that. I love those. I love the, you know, got to sit, got to sit in the same place on the couch, you know, got to wear the same shirt. You know, I'm all for that. It's a good thing that I think everybody can kind of participate in. And unless your clothes start to look like DJ LeMahieu's batting gloves, like, you know, it's cool. Like, you should probably wash them. Um, you know, which brings me to my least favorite superstition, which is people not washing things. Like, <laughs> I don't think you're washing the winning streak out by throwing, like, you know, your clothes into, I mean, maybe not a hat. Like, okay, you wear a dirty hat. I, I feel like that's fine. But, like, you know, there are just some things that one wears, socks being the first thing that comes to mind. Like, look, man, like, I don't know. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? Socks that you've been wearing for like a week. Oh, so bad. Like, I mean, by all means, wear the same pair of socks, but wash them. Wash them. <laughs> wash like, them, I mean, I think that if your your luck comes out in the literal wash, then probably it wasn't meant to be anyway. <laughs> so, like, don't be a dirtball, I guess. That's my least favorite superstition. Don't be a dirtball. You know, right. you know what always bug me about the socks is, like, the, are they marking which one they had on which foot? Because, I, well, you would hope so, right? Because if you're going to do this <laughs> right, you're going to wash your socks, but you're going to put the – I mean, oh, I like the high socks, too. We've seen a couple teams do that, you know, that the then Indians were doing that at one point during that. I, I still have a bunch of shirts that say socks up on them, like a picture of a sock. So dumb. But, you know, the Red Sox did this at some point, too, the high socks, everybody in the high socks. There's always some pitcher who ruins it because, you know, he's not comfortable in those high socks. But, Chris you know, I, I do like – because it would be Chris Sale, too. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Oh boy! All right, Irby, how about you? What is the bet? What is your favorite superstition, and what is the dumbest? Um, golly, I, some of mine that I, I I don't touch the uh, foul lines. Um, I will hop over them, uh, even while trying to field a uh, pop up. I will hop over the uh, the white chalk. I don't touch the chalk. Um, I, uh, when I was younger, uh, putting on the catcher's gear, always the, uh, always left and right socks, shoes, uh, leggings, everything left, left side, then right side. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, very, very strange with that. Um, always drink water before I drink anything with electrolytes in them. Don't ask. Weird. I know. Now I'm going to ask. Uh, why? I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't know where it started, but it, it it's happened, and I realized it. And, um, what, what do you I'm, do with the electrolyte water, like the smart water? What do you do about that? That feels. Like no, I drink that that second. I'll drink the water first. But that is finish off the water bottle, and then I'll drink um, the Powerade or the Gatorade or Body Arm or whatever. No, no, no. I'm asking about the electrolyte water. Smart water has electrolytes. 
Like, what do you do about that? What if the no. bottle you're given has electrolytes in it? How does one handle that? Do they become one, or do you have to drink that after drinking non-electrolyte water? Or is I, I, water, it doesn't matter, and then you can drink Powerade? How would this work? I think it's, it's because it's water. Thing. Yeah, no, 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 I'm with you. Um, I'm going to go because you refer to it as smart water. So water is in the term, so it's okay. It, it would fall under, in the Venn diagram here, this falls more on the water. Okay, all right. Well, it's more a water than an electrolyte. Okay. Yes, but I'll, I'll stay okay. up tonight and, and come up with a better answer. Okay. <laughs> um, Let me send you the chart when you're done. Okay. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, dumbest one. Okay, dumbest one I do. Uh, this one was... So I played on a, um, a a travel baseball team one year where I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anyone on the team or anything. And there was like two straight games in a row. You know how when you if you're on base and when the last out is made, you go in, someone grabs your glove for you? Nobody ever did that for me. Like, yeah, exactly. And, I, and honestly, it didn't bother me too much. So it... I know it is a thing, and my Tuesday night softball teammates know that, and they will yell at new players that come players like, "Oh, I'm grabbing his glove," and they're like, "No, no, no! What? Don't get Irby's glove. Leave it. He's coming in for me. Yeah, he'll get it. Huh? Yeah, it's very strange. Now, no one touches my glove. It just sits there, and I go all the way in and get my glove, and then I come all the way out. So whatever, I could." <laughs> Like, like it's so bad that if somebody does grab it to me, I'll be like, oh, thanks, man. And I'll keep going into the dugout, and I will put the glove down on my baseball bag, and then I will pick it up and jog out into the field. That's a good one, though, because like it's weird. Mm -hmm. It's really weird and unusual, <laughs> and yet it makes a ton of sense by like, superstitious <laughs> baseball. <laughs> That's excellent. I like that. <laughs> All right. So mine... Uh, this started in this started with me in little league, uh, because the flavor of gum never lasted. So one week I decided that I was going to swap out my double bubble at the top of every inning. Always three pieces, always three pieces, and swapped it out at the top of every inning. Had the, had the best week I had all year long, so I kept doing it. It became my superstition, my personal double bubble. The top of every inning had to be swapped out. And that's a good one, too. I mean, I'm not sure how you still have teeth, but that, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it still has so much sugar in it. Like, I feel like when I'm looking at it, it makes my teeth hurt. Uh, it also, it, but you're right, it does, it loses its taste, like, in, like, yeah. what, I don't know, five minutes, maybe, or something. It's deeply disappointing. Before like, the second are, like, batter. <laughs> yeah, why have the engineers at Double Ball and Core done it? Like we had a long time to perfection with guns. Probably because probably because kids like me had to buy it by the by like the oh, the barrel. Good point. You're right. You're right. <laughs> now that I think about it, you're right. They have no incentive to do that because then you're going to buy more guns. <laughs> <laughs> well done. So the dumbest, and I might I actually might be on my own on this one because I don't know how you guys feel about this. Uh, I'm not a fan of like of meals. Uh, on game day being a thing, like, like Wade Boggs had the same chicken sandwich every game day, right? Not a fan of that. I think that's dumb. Oh, yeah, no, I completely agree with you on this. It's like, like, I, first of all, like, the depressing, how depressing is that? Yeah. Like, that you're going to eat the, the same thing 
before every game. Also, like, don't you, like, I don't know about you guys, but don't, like, some of it's, like, your appetite ebbs and flows, or it depends on how you're feeling. Like, some days you need more fuel. Some days you feel like you don't really want to eat much. Mm-hmm, like, some mm-hmm, days you feel mm-hmm. like you just need vegetables, you know? Other days you're like, I don't know, I just need, like, a giant bowl of carbs. You know, like, there are different things that, please don't need a giant bowl of carbs before of that being dumb does not apply to the live rooster the live rooster the live rooster has that that is very much has a um has a damn i'm blinking um an exception religious religious purpose there you go it's religious exemption (laughs) (laughs) Irving, anything you want to add to this before we get into armchair umpire all right well just that yeah i'm not a i'm indifferent on the pregame um it, it, yeah, I'm trying to think when I was younger, it really didn't matter. There was, I, I think there was plenty of time I got the uh, the bacon double cheeseburger at Burger King on the way to baseball, high school baseball games. I feel like I did that a lot because um, that's exactly what you eat before a game, but whatever. Uh, mine is the after game now. It's the after game, the, the meal and stuff like that, and it's really become big in this, this softball league I play that I've been with um, Kevin, who you guys know. Um we uh, we hit up uh, QT after every game now. We hit up QT, and if it's a win, we get a hot dog. Ooh. Okay. So, yeah. So uh, five straight games we've gotten a hot dog, and we are playoff bound. So playoff hot dog coming. Playoff dogs. All right. Playoff dog. <laughs> You're gonna have to keep us updated on the playoff dogs. I will. <laughs> <laughs> They're still just as terrible tasting, but you know what? Don't care. Because we're winning. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Smith? Anything you want to add here before we get into Armstrong Empire? No, no, but there's an interesting philosophical question that perhaps we'll come back to another time on a different show, which is like, how gross of a thing are you willing to eat if it kind of works for you? Right? Ooh. Like, I think any of us would eat a hot dog to, I don't sure. know, maintain a hitting streak. Like, that's not that bad, right? Like, I don't like hot dogs that much, but like, would I eat one so that I could, you know, go on a 57 game hitting streak and, and break? the record yeah uh-huh. yes i would sure absolutely i would but like where's the line like what would you not eat i mean i'm sure i i know i know i'm gonna tap out quicker than you guys on this one <laughs> but like this is perhaps something we should discuss in the near future that's a good idea would you be willing to eat 
X um, <laughs> in order to get results. <laughs> what would you do for a Klondike bar on steroids? I like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would eat the Klondike bar, for the record. I mean, they're not good, but I think I could do it. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, all of you out there listening, let's, it's time to put on those thinking caps. We have another edition of Armchair Umpire where Irby is going to toss us a scenario. And Samantha and I have to have a conference, get together. Are we getting together by the mound, Samantha, or is this by the plate? What do you think? Um, let's, let's keep it honest. And, and go out to the mound. Like, I don't want to talk in the dugout. Like, like Astros, like, what are they doing? Oh, yeah, doing you're video? right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's let's do it Bull Durham style, mound conference, candlesticks, <laughs> the whole mound. All right. Well, join us by the mound for the, for the, uh, the umpire conference as we try to figure out the answer to Irby's baseball rules riddle. So, armchair umpire Irby, fire away. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you um, for that. And yeah, I'm excited about this one. Oh um, boy. That's great. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about all of them. This is so much fun. But, uh, <laughs> so while you guys are, uh, you're discussing this one, let's throw out what's happening. Um, uh, beautiful here. Uh, timing, you know, timing in baseball is, is everything. Timing is the essence of baseball. Time, time, time. And unfortunately we're learning that in a different way these years, but you know, between the cutoff play, the underhand flip, the pickoff, boy, that scary moment when you see a, a ground ball first base and he flips it over to the pitcher run to the first base. It's a scary, fun moment. Um, it's all perfect examples of split-second action, split-second decisions, and that's what's one of the wonderful things about baseball. Yet sometimes it's a bit much. And uh, in this situation, we're going we're gonna to throw out this, this hypothetical situation here of Players trying to save time, will you? Um, and let's say that the, the White Sox are hosting the, uh, the Red Sox in old Comiskey Park. Okay, so, so the visitors, um, that, that there, your, your, your Red Sox, um, the visitors are up 4-3 to three as they come up their turn in the eighth inning. Uh, Mike Andrews leads off with a single. Uh, Mike Derrick then fans. So we've got one outrunner at first. Uh, Carl Yastrzemski up, and he hits a slow bounder to the right of second. And the baseman there makes a neat little pickup at the bag. Okay, so the second baseman there, Bobby Noop, uh, picks it up, and his shortstop, uh, Luis Apercillo, um, is already on the bag waiting for the toss. The baseman. Bobby Noop, Noop here, not no Noop, um, realizing that he will not have enough time to complete this double play if he flips the ball to Luis or if he jogs over to second base, touches, and then throws on to first. Not enough time to turn the double play. So what he does, Bobby, Mr. Noop plunks the ball into Luis's outstretched glove without letting go of it, puts it in his glove, then rolls it over to first base just in time to get Yastrzemski to the bag for the double play. Or is it a double? It's a call. Okay, see, 
Samantha, th- this is the one where we get in trouble because it seems like it's easy. He never let go of the ball, so he never actually transferred ownership of the ball to the guy on the bag. So it's not an out at second, but it is an out at first. But this seems too easy for the way the, the way that Irby laid this out. Yeah, I can't decide if this is one of those things where he wants us to overthink it. But yeah, to me, it's because like you don't, you have to be standing on the bag and have possession of the ball, right. or at least, I mean, this is I guess a little bit tricky. You have to be standing over the bag, right? Think about second baseman squaring up at the bag, um, or shortstop squaring up over the bag. Um, and turning to, you don't actually have to be touching the bag, but you do have to be the person who is, let's say, in possession of the bag, um, and also in possession of the ball. But if he never lets go of it, then he's still in possession of mm-hmm. the ball. Right. And he didn't touch the runner, he touched his teammate. Right. So to force the guy out, you would have to either touch him or touch the bag. Mm-hmm. Or at least square up over the city of the bag, or however we're saying this. Um, yeah, so I agree with you. Um, you know that that does sound to me. I mean, obviously, it's, if he beats the throw, or if he beats the runner at first, that that you start to see that at first. But yeah, yeah, I, I don't think you're allowed to do that unless there is a weird rule that uh-huh. says you can, like, I don't know, make a human chain or whatever, <laughs> and like hold hands and like. <laughs> Beer chain, snake chain. <laughs> yeah, like the, yeah, like the beer snake. Um, you could beer snake your way like by holding hands um, <laughs> to get an out by proxy at second base. I really don't think that flies. Um, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, to me it's about who has possession of the ball, not who the ball touches. Because right. if the ball, like think about it, if he like, if our guy, you know, our noob or nope or whatever his name is, um, if he dropped the ball and it hit, Louis Aparicio, and it rolled back to him, that's not an out because Aparicio was never in possession of it. So touching someone's glove, yeah, yeah, he never had the ball. That's how I would think about it. Oh, God, can you imagine the camera angle you would need for a review of that? Did he drop the ball on his glove or not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so what are we saying there here, Samantha? We're saying safe at second, out at first. Two outs in the inning, runner on second. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no error because you can't assume double play. So, yeah, that's – I agree. Let's – I think that's our final answer. I, it's our final answer. Now we're about to find out if there's some really weird rule we don't know about. <laughs> but that is our final answer, Irby. Out at second – or out at first, save at second. Out at, out at, out at first, save at second. Well, two weeks in a row, you guys. Well done. Well done. Yay. You did not fall for it. Uh, yes, this one is pretty straightforward. Um, even though Mr. Noob is placing the ball into Luis's glove, you guys are absolutely right. He has to, for even a moment's sake, let go of that ball completely. He has to, and, and that is the rule. It's 2.00. It's the tag rule. And, Samantha, you, you laid it out perfectly there. Is Luis is in possession of second base there. So he has to place the ball in there release it, if only for just the briefest of moments, he can then take it back out of his glove and throw it onto first. But there has to be a transfer of the ball. By holding it in his hand, Mr. New putting it in the glove does not count. He is still in possession 
Um, so that is not a force out there. And you guys are absolutely right. Runner is out at first because nothing changed. There was no, you know, can no, nothing in the way, anything like that. So normal play there. So it really comes down to is this is a simple builder's choice, 4-3. And possession is not nine tenths of the law in baseball. No, it is not. Gotta be all the way. I'm sure pretty soon in single A we'll we'll challenge that idea. <laughs> yeah, are we gonna have a yeah lab league? Um, <laughs> if the ball is somewhere in the vicinity of the base, um, oh no, oh no. <laughs> Wait, if the ghost runner is somewhere. In, yeah, um, I'm trying to make this work in favor of the offense. If the ghost runner is in the vicinity of the bag, and oh my gosh, I don't like this. Redman for this game. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> that was fun, Irby. That was a fun one. It's one of those things like you could see it happening, but it's not something you would think of happening. So, nicely done. But that. It's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Don't forget, click that like button, subscribe, help us out with that algorithm so we get some more get some more participants in games like Armchair Umpire. But until next week, watch some baseball. It's good for you. <laughs>